Welcome to the Testimony Service Podcast, the podcast that will encourage you, increase your faith, and draw you closer to God. I'm your host, Martina. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So in an effort to help our listeners' faith increase, each episode will begin with the scripture. And the scripture for today comes from James chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And now for episode 19, what you looking for? My name is Tisa. I was born in Tacoma, Washington, but I've been here in Atlanta most of my life. So I did both high school, undergrad, all of my education and everything here. So my education is probably right where my story begins. I didn't go directly to college right after high school. Since I was grown and could do whatever I wanted to do, I did just that. So I um, got married, had kids. I already had my son before I decided that I needed to go back to school. And that's a really interesting story because I started my first class in 89. And I graduated in December of 99. So as long as you can possibly take (laughs) to get a four-year degree, that's how long it took me. I was determined that Y2K was coming and that I was going to have all of my credits recorded somewhere and paper in hand before the big computer switch hit. So I did that. I, I at least accomplished that goal. So I graduated in December of 99. My degree was in management information systems. And so I had been working in technology for a while with the Department of Transportation. And so, of course, you know, when you're working with the state, you move up. As you know things, somebody retires or somebody gets promoted and you move into their role. And so I started out like as a secretary, but I was always willing and eager to learn. So I start learning the things that I was learning in school. So by the time I graduated with 10 long years of of educational pursuit, I was already doing the job that I was graduating to get. And so it it left me kind of, um, I know now depressed that I had invested all of this time and it didn't seem like I was going to get anything from it. The most I could get at my job with the state would be 10% for a promotion. So um, needless to say, 10% of nothing was still nothing. So I began to look somewhere else for employment. And that's kind of, that paper chase is really where it began. I left the state and accepted a job with the federal government. I I worked with the CDC, (laughs) infamous CDC, for about 17 days. And then I got another offer for another 10,000 more. And so I left that job after 17 days and went and worked for SunTrust Bank. And the banking industry, as you can imagine, uh, for those that don't work in banking, it is nonstop, 24-7. And so I was coming from, you know, government. You had your desk and you had your work and nobody could do your work for you. If you were out, it waited on you. And (laughs) it definitely was not that way in banking. It was 
I guess what you would describe as crabs in a bucket. So everybody was trying to get ahead. Everybody was trying to best the person next to them or make someone else look bad so they looked good. And, you know, I assumed that's the way that it had to be. And so I just fell in line with that. I had people that I worked with that I knew things that were coming up that affected their lives, like layoffs that were coming up and I knew they were going to be laid off people with children. I didn't say anything. And so I look back on that time now and think that it was just so much evil is the only way I can describe it now. And I was just chasing after more. And then when I got more, I wanted more. And then when I got more, I wanted more. And so it ended up being this situation where, of course, you know, more is never satisfied. The Bible describes it as putting your money into bags with holes in it. I mean, I was spending it faster than I was making it. We, I mean, we made an incredible sum of money. By the time I had been on that job for, I, I want to say about 18 months, I was making over $100,000 a year, which was at that time, this was probably 2001, 2002, um, right around the time of 9-11 and before the crash. And so that was just base salary before bonuses. And so, of course, I was spending like it was going to continue forever, like it would never end and doing everything I had to do to anybody to get more. And when I look back on it now and how I got led to the church where I would eventually get saved and give my life to Jesus, had never been a member of a church, didn't grow up in a church going family. I had always heard that, you know, God is good. When, when it starts raining, let God do his work. You better sit down and, until, <laughs> until the thunder and the lightning stop. So things like that, you know, I couldn't go outside and play on Sunday until after one. And so I knew about church and I knew that there were people that that was a part of their life, but it wasn't a part of mine. And so it wasn't until I was in this job, I had to leave the position I was in, working on the um, trade floor, foreign exchange and derivatives. And so we had a change in that department and I went to go work for another department that didn't get bonuses. So now I've basically taken a pay cut because I was living like my bonuses were always going to be what they were. And so I think at that time I started seeking. So there's this hole that I can't fill up. The money didn't do it. What's missing? What is it? I know I was frustrating my husband at the time. We were high school sweethearts, had grown up together and, and had been a big comfort to each other, been really comfortable together. And of course, you know, in marriages and in all relationships, when you let yourself get comfortable, then that means that you aren't doing everything you need to do to make sure that that relationship is sustained. So of course, we ended up divorcing. But during this time, I was seeking I didn't know what I was seeking, but I was seeking. So I got invited to a church service and I went to this church. My pastor, he's gone on now, Pastor Robert L. Mallory. And this was at Macedonia AME Church in Rex, Georgia. So not too far from where I was, but far enough where I was certain I wouldn't run into anybody that I knew. So I don't even know why that was important at the time, but I guess it was because I remember it. And so I went to this church service and this guy, I could just tell, love the Lord. I mean, it wasn't how much Bible he knew. It wasn't his delivery of his message. It was that I could tell that he loved the Lord. And I just listened to him. It's like he gave a testimony in every message that he gave. 
I went on to go to seminary and do some other things after this time. And so when I look back, it wasn't because he had studied homiletics. It was because he loved the Lord and the messages that he delivered, they delivered to the people that needed them. And so I listened just to things that he said. It seems as if, and I know you hear this all the time in testimonies, that he was talking directly to me. And so when I decided to make that trip down the aisle, you know, I, I didn't know enough about church politics and church folk to know to be ashamed that I was 30 something and um, getting baptized for the first time, grown with kids, what kind of life she'd been living. I mean, so I didn't know to, to be ashamed. So I, I went down and gave the preacher my hand and the Lord my heart. And I can honestly say at that moment, I was changed. The things that I used to do, I just couldn't go back to them anymore. They just didn't feel like they belonged in my life. It felt like like you get at that end of the tape and you're peeling the tape off and you know it's just about the end and finally it gets onto cardboard. That's what it felt like when I would try to go back to doing the things that I was doing. Lying to people, just being deceitful, even on the job at home, lying about where I was, drinking, smoking, doing everything that you do when you're trying to fit in with people that aren't you. And and it was never me. And when I talked to the people that I worked with and that I was running with during those times, the first thing I hear is that that was never you. I knew you were different. There was always something about you. It's funny how people know that there's something about you, but they won't tell you. (laughs) They let you stumble around in the dark and find it out for yourself. But to cut to the end. So after I did accept Christ at that church and I became a member there, I eventually met my now husband there. He was on the pastoral staff at the time. And the journey took me from being unsaved not having read the Bible, not, you know, I could never get past all the begatting. I would start in Genesis. I wish somebody had told me to start with the Gospels. I always tell people, start with First John. If you can get through that, that's pretty much everything you need to know. And then you can go back <laughs> and, and read the rest. So I wish someone had told me not to start with Genesis. So I just never could get through that. I didn't know the language. So I finally started studying with someone that I was working with at the time. And he was in banking, but I guess that part of banking wasn't in him. So he, he didn't have that, I've got to get more. He, he drove a 10, 20-year-old Honda and, you know, brought us lunch. And I mean, just wasn't the crowd that I was hanging with when I was hanging. And so I knew that I always seen him with this Bible. So when I approached him, he was just so eager to study with me. And so he actually walked me through buying my first Bible. I went to Barnes and Noble and purchased my first Bible. I was like, who knew there was all these different kinds? And so he he helped me find a, a translation that um, I could understand as a new a new reader and a, and a new learner. And we would do Bible studies at lunch. And really that introduction of being able to be with someone that I felt like was a peer, that he wasn't above me trying to teach down to me. We were opening up the Bible and learning and studying together. And I had questions that he couldn't answer. And so he's like, well, you got to know that for yourself or you got to read more. You got to pray more. You got to study more. You got to fast. All these things that I hadn't heard of. And so that was really where I developed my study and love of the actual biblical text. 
they try to beat that out of you when you get to seminary. (laughs) But I held on to it as best I could. And so needless to say that after my husband and I, I guess we had been married for about a year is when I heard my call into ministry. And I initially thought, well, maybe I'm just supposed to teach. But I'm a horrible teacher. Um, you know, like you, as a teacher, you're supposed to build suspense. You're supposed to say, okay, and this is where we're going. This is where, aha, this is where. No, I, uh, I always pull the end. And so I, I, I'm not a very good teacher in that manner. And so I did my first, what we call our trial sermon, about 14 years ago now on Father's Day this year. And it was just really, I opening because right after my trial sermon, I went off to seminary. And so the preparation process, you know, I prepared for this message. I know five weeks I prepared and it was about seven minutes. And so that's, <laughs> and so I, I was like, when those preachers get up there and say, I'm not going to be before you long, um, I really mean it. And so uh, <laughs> I've tried to get better about developing and sharing God's word. And I really think it is a skill that is built by practice and by being able to share your testimony, sharing where you were, how you found Jesus and what's changed since then. And I can assuredly say that from sitting on that pew that Sunday morning did more for me than three years of seminary and now nearly 15 years of ministry. It was when the Lord spoke to me and said, this that you are chasing after, you are never going to be fulfilled. I'm what you're looking for. And I took his hand and I have never looked back. And I'm so grateful. My children, of course, they were with me when I was doing the more and the more and the more. And so I know PKs are already a a flip of the coin of whether or not they will stay in the church. I'm just really interested to see how they will get to where I was. I see right now that they're on my early path, a lot of wanting more because they've seen what we've had and um, where we are now. And they want the they want the more. (laughs) And um, the world will tell you that that's where it's at. So, you know, praying for them daily is a big part of my study and trying to make sure that I reflect what God has done for me. And let them know that that chase that I was on, I was delivered from. It's not something that I failed at and that this is where I am now because I couldn't win. It was because there is no winning in that life. There was no way to win. Yeah, that's awesome. I love your testimony. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Sounds like you came a long way. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's awesome. So are you still in corporate America or do you do ministry full time now? I um, both. So my husband and I pastor church. I'm actually sitting in our basement sanctuary right now. So we were um, already ready to go online when we had to close services because we were kind of in between buildings. And so we do the ministry full time. We have a couple of YouTube channels and I work now full time in education. I stayed in banking for about six years. And then again, once I got the call, I just couldn't stay anymore. And so that pay cut, I talk a lot in my testimony about grieving for that life. I was like, God, why couldn't I bring the money with me? Why? Right. <laughs> I could do why? so much with it. <laughs> yeah. So why couldn't I leave the living behind and, and take the harvest from it? Right. But um, so, yeah. So and you do. It really is a grieving process because that life I had died. But out of it, I was born in a new life. And so, the, like I say, the new life isn't as profitable in cash. It is profitable in so many other ways. Yeah. 
Eternal yeah. prosperity. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> as far as like working in the corporate world in education, how do you keep from like falling in line with the culture there? Like how you talked about falling in line with the culture of the banking industry. Like how mm-hmm. do you keep yourself now from like falling into that? It's so easy to do when everyone it around is. you is doing certain things or acting certain ways. How do you keep, mm-hmm. keep your head up? And Yeah, well, I'm definitely stronger now. And I know who I am. And so before I was, you know, searching. And so when I found something that looked good, that's what I became. And it was never who I truly was. And so I spent a lot of time in prayer. I make sure that people know, you know, and I'm sure you get it all the time too. People will meet you and they won't know that you're in ministry. And then they'll say, oh, I knew there was something about you. And so I I don't wait for them to find out that's something about me. I'm real upfront that I'm a minister of the gospel and I'm not just someone that preaches it. I try to walk it and you're going to hear it come up. You're going to hear me say an amen in a meeting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Something really hit the point. So when people know that you're in ministry, they'll just avoid you with certain conversations. And so it's kind of like a shield. Yeah, that's good. It really is. Mm -hmm. So are you... How, I'm really introverted and reserved. So like, how yeah. open are you? Like, what does that look like when you're letting people know? Like, <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, you know, it's kind of like my name. I'm Tisa. Me and my husband pastor a church. I'd love for you to listen to my podcast. I'd love for you. I mean, all, all those things that are me that are distinctly in Christ. And like I say, it, you know, we're taught that Christ will either drive or draw. And so those that he draws, I form a relationship and those that he drives, we keep it strictly spreadsheets. Yeah, I've had, <laughs> I've had jobs where people will assume the opposite because I wasn't yeah. forthright in where I stand and believing in God and all that. And yeah. just the way they will talk to you and say all types of words and talk about what they yeah. did last night. I mean, <laughs> that's so real, but yeah. I never thought of it that way. But yeah, just being forward with it could definitely uh-huh. be beneficial. You know, and I, I kind of learned that when me and my husband were first married, we went on a, our honeymoon, we went on a cruise. And, you know, at a cruise, they have you assigned to a table. So you and like it was us and three other couples. And so we were designated to sit together for the entire cruise. And so the first night, like, this is my husband. He's pastor. We've had, And the rest of the cruise, we had the table to ourselves. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> because nobody, like, that's not what they came to do on their cruise. So, right. Yeah, so. <laughs> we ministered to and convicted the whole time <laughs> while they're drinking a martini. <laughs> yeah. So I cleared out the table. That's funny. <laughs> so how you were talking about getting really comfortable in your marriage and like not working, I guess, how you maybe needed to Mm -hmm. translating that to like your relationship with God. How do you keep from getting comfortable in that regard? Yes. I think with me, it is always reading. And I tried to, of course I read the Bible, but I also want to read other people's accounts. I learned once I went to seminary that as many people as there are, there's that many varied theologies. They can't tell you how they got there. They didn't read it anywhere. They just assumed that's what um, loving the Lord meant. And so I try to make sure that I'm seeing all of those different perspectives. And it's a challenge, but I do. I read a lot of conservative Southern Baptist Christian. I read Black theology. I, I try to get it from all the different angles because you will, you will get comfortable in your thought if you're not stretching yourself. 
one of the pastors that I follow on YouTube is the pastor of Alfred Street Baptist Church in Virginia, Howard John Wesley. And he's doing a series right now called Can I Push It? And so he's given them really like a lesson in theology. Why, why do you believe what you believe? And he say, I'm not trying to tell you that you're right or wrong. I just want you to know that there are other perspectives. I just want you to think. And I think that's probably the, the greatest gift that I received in seminary is that always searching, always researching and not just trust that what you have read and what you because two people agreed with you. That's all God has. Our God is so big and we make him so small when we try to force yeah. him into what it is that we want him to be. All right. So I'm really nerdy. So uh, do you, I know I'm going to catch you off guard with this, but do you have like any resources like specifically that you would suggest for, I don't know, the new believer or I'm not a new believer, but I just like mm. books. So <laughs> uh-huh. I'm reading right now, Max Lucado and his is a devotion. So it's like a compilation of all pieces from all of his writings. I don't even know the name of it because I read on Kindle. I think that's what you lose when you read on Kindle because you don't get to see the book cover. So I don't even know the name (laughs) of the book. It's God is with you every day. And it's like a 365 day devotion. And I really like Max's writing because he's so illustrated. I was telling my husband the other day, he was talking about the disciples being in the boat when the storm rose and Jesus was away sleeping. And he compared it to children when they're on a swing and they will let their parents push them as high as they can go. And they'll laugh and they giggle and throw their legs because they know who's pushing them. Mm. And he said, that's why Jesus was able to sleep in the boat because he knew who was pushing. Mm. I said, look at you, Max. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great illustration. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And so I really love his illustration. I'm also reading Bishop William Murphy. He has a book on prayers. It's called Praying Through It. It kind of helps me with my daily prayers that I do. His are a different focus. Mine, I'm praying for the people that are listening, and his is kind of come pray with me, but just hearing other prayers from other people. And so, yeah, and again, um, new believers, I start with First John as reading as a biblical text. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. speaking of prayer, guys, Tisa has a podcast called Choose joy with Tisa. <laughs> and um, she prays for people. And it's if that sounds daunting, like uh, a podcast about somebody praying, <laughs> they're like three minutes. This is a nice beat in the background. Um, you'll be vibing out before you know it. And you'll be like, oh, man, that was only three minutes. Before you know it, you'll be binging them. So I'm telling you, it's a really great podcast. So you should check it out. <laughs> Thank you for that. It's, it's so much fun to do. It really is. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking out the time. Thank you for thinking of me and I'll I'll be praying for you. I know you are going to do well because it really is just a good listen and and such an awesome concept. I really miss that part, like you say, of the old church service where we get up and actually do testimony service. I, I really do miss that part. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Testimony Service Podcast. We will be back next Wednesday. But in the meantime, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Testimony Service Pod. And as always, here is a sneak peek of next week's episode. Every once in a while, I would come back to God. I, I wasn't I wasn't all in. I just wanted to dip my toe in or I just wanted to go to him when, when things were going really bad or when somebody passed away. I didn't want to fully commit.